Hey everyone, it is Adrian from The Pageant Project with you. My special guest for today is Miss Idaho Earth, Michaela Jolie. And just before I get Michaela to, um, well, just before I say hello to Michaela, let me read out a little bit about her. So Michaela Jolie is a visual artist and art teacher with a passion for environmental advocacy. Through her artwork and teaching practices, she promotes an eco-friendly lifestyle, utilizes recycled materials, and encourages others to make a positive impact on the world around them. Michaela wants to be the next Miss Earth USA to expand her environmental efforts on a national scale and continue putting in the work to save our planet. And you can follow Michaela on Instagram at Michaela Jolie. Michaela, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, now... When I'm about to interview someone, I normally jump on, do a quick Google search. I don't know if you've ever Googled your own name. And I like to type in people's oh, names to see what comes up. Yours, this is not embarrassing at all. Yours is different. I've never typed someone's name in and come up with a, was it a thesis? Oh, yeah. I just finished my master's degree last year. So I just okay. had my thesis. Okay. So for my research on you, I don't know if this has ever happened. I read your thesis. Was, really? Yeah, 50 long. pages. Yeah. <laughs> 50 pages long or so, and I have to tell you, I've been through university or college myself, but it's been a while since I've had to read essays and it made my brain hurt. Yes. But can you tell people a little bit about your thesis because it'll also inform people as to what you do outside of pageantry and yes. then this really interesting idea I think you had tying humor with creativity. So I am a middle school art teacher, but I'm certified to teach K through 12. And I recently just received my master's in arts um, and teaching degree last year from Rhode Island College. And my thesis um, dissertation was on the effects humor has on creativity. So I worked with a few high school teachers around the state and went into their classes and actually um, went through different experiments with students and tested like their different creativity levels. Um, one of the tests I had was I gave students 30 blank circles and I gave them one minute to draw as many different things using the circles as they could. So they could draw a smiley face or earth or a peace sign, but none of yeah. them could be repeated. And then we'd watch a short clip of a comedy or like a funny um like a skit SNL or something like that. And after they watched the skit, I would give them a very similar test with 30 squares and see how they would do in comparison. And then later on in the thesis, I ended up just giving them the same test back to back just to see yeah. the, the different results um, just using circles. But even before I switched to the circle test back to back, the results were crazy. Um, yeah. And in, in, in terms of creativity, having being affected by humor and humor, having a significant um, effect on like how your brain thinks and letting you kind of loosen up and think more freely and more openly. And a lot of the students didn't really know where I was going with the project until after they finished. <laughs> and I explained right. it to them. They're like, why am I just drawing a bunch of circles? But after I explained it to them, they're like, oh, wow. Yeah, I, I had a lot more ideas on the second time I took the test yeah. and my brain was thinking of like a bunch more things because I just watched that video and was laughing and was saying jokes with my friends. So it was a really cool experiment. I'm glad that it worked in my favor 
it made it a lot easier to write the thesis. Yeah. It probably would have probably would have been a, like 10 more pages if it didn't work out in my favor. But that's awesome that you read it. Well, I, I, I read it through and I have to say it did make my brain hurt. But when I got to the results, I think every single student, correct me if I'm wrong, every single student yeah. experienced an improvement mm -hmm. in creativity in the second one or two. But yeah. yeah, every single student, which was amazing for my for my argument. It, it, it does work out better if you're, I guess, if your <laughs> hypothesis is correct. Um, and then did I see somewhere, because you put a photo in it, you had a, was it from a camp? Someone gave you a trophy of most humorous? Yes, that was probably when I was in middle school myself. And right. me and my next door neighbor um, lip synced um, Hound Dog by Elvis. Mm -hmm. And he was in full Elvis attire, and I was like a hula dancer next to him. And I, we weren't going for most humorous, but we still got a trophy. So it worked out in our favor once again. I think that performance will have to come out on a pageant stage someday. I think yeah, it's that'll, something that would be my, my Miss Earth talent. <laughs> yeah, something that we all need to see. But I'm fascinated. Where did you come up with the idea for for that for that dissertation? Because I mean, when when you're, it's a monumental task for people who don't know you. You yeah. sort of have to finish off your university career or at least that phase of your career with writing this sort of original piece. And it's full of the thing that always got me was um, the not the referrals, but you know how you have to the citations. Yes. That used to drive me absolutely crazy. But where did you get the idea to link or to research the link between humor and creativity? I met with my college advisor kind of just talking about different ideas that I was thinking about doing. And she was just very straightforward with me and was like, you are going to be working on this for like over a year. You're going to want to pick something that keeps your interest as well and that you're not just like, it's not a, like a, a toll on me every day to be like, oh man, I have to work on this. Like it was an actual like enjoyable experience to go to the schools and work with the students and be able to see my like argument come to life and also prove true. So yeah. th that was really cool to see in person and definitely held my interest through the whole thesis. Like even though it was a long essay and took me a while to write, there wasn't really a part where I was dreading working on it. Right. I imagine it took some amount of time. I mean, you're working on the project for a year. How long did it take roughly to write the the 50 page dissertation? Um, definitely a couple months because I had to collect all the research first. Like I had to write yeah. the whole hypothesis out first, get that like the proposal approved, get it signed off on by everyone at the um, oh. university. And then after I got all of that approved, I had to get teachers around the state on board that would let me actually come into their classes and do the experiment myself instead of having them do it and give me the results. And it was right. during COVID too, which was yeah. a task <laughs> to yeah. have teachers actually let me come in with a mask on. Um, one of the classes I did was over Zoom, but I felt like it wasn't really the truest results I could get. So that's why I ended up going actually into the classrooms and having them do it with a pencil and paper with the sheet that I give them. Yeah. So I'm able to monitor it a little bit more. I did I did think I didn't give the exercise a go, the 30 blank circles, but I was thinking about it in my walk and I have to say I, I I think I got stuck on about five or six. But the question I want to ask you is because in with art, 
mm-hmm. right? There, there are a lot of people who would question, let's say, the value of art in terms of art education. Oh, you should be teaching them math or science or something like that. During my formative years, I had the misfortune of having a very dour and let's say not so great an art teacher. Um, you know, when you're a kid, you you take everything that the teacher says as gospel. Mm-hmm. And I was trying really hard to make something real, like actually trying hard. And then this teacher, he was a Scottish man. And he asked me, do you know what killing time is, laddie? And I said, no. And he said, when you're just doing something, you know, you're not actually trying. So that immediately sort of um, hurt my opinion of art. But I was interested in your thesis as to the importance of not only humor to create creativity, but the importance of art in fostering creativity. And then obviously that's valuable in whatever field you go in, whether Mm -hmm. that is programming, whether it's rocket science, whether it's just being a good person. So what is the value, in your opinion, of art and creativity in the education system today? I love this question just because I feel like a lot of people do feel that it's not as important Mm. as other subjects. But I feel like especially I work in a school that um, there's a lot of English language learners and not everyone speaks English. I have one student who only speaks fluent French and I don't oh. I don't speak any French whatsoever. So it's there's obviously a language barrier, but art is a universal form of communication. She can communicate with me through drawing something or writing it down. Um, you can communicate your thoughts, you can communicate how you're feeling. Um, if you're trying to promote awareness about something like I've been doing with recycling and upcycling, yeah. um, and also there's inter- interdisciplinary aspects that I can bring science and connect it to art and bring in math and connect it to art, like through geometry and um, doing like angles and tying it in with their math teacher so that it kind of brings more of a like rounded education importance to art. So the other teachers are like, oh, well, they're incorporating math and science and history into art. So it's giving it more value for the students to actually be in the classroom and learning it and it's not taking away from subjects that they deem more important and also in my art room I feel like a lot of teachers who a lot of people who become teachers say it was because they had a really great teacher when they were younger and it really inspired them to be a teacher as well and I feel like that is the total opposite for me I did have I did have great art teachers. I really did. My high school art teachers were phenomenal. But I also had art teachers that were not that great and didn't really like want like creativity to be like expanded upon. Mm. They wanted you to kind of just do the art assignment like everyone's making this holiday snowman and they're all going to look the same and everyone's going to have the same kind of end product. And I was never that type of student. I was never that type of artist. I like taking the idea and kind of going in my own direction with it. Mm -hmm. So the style of art like classroom that I run now with my middle schoolers is kind of an open art room concept where I have different centers around the room, like a drawing center, a painting center. Um, We have a 3D construction center, collage, clay, and sewing are the six centers I have in my room. And I usually open about three at a time. And when the students come into the room, they'll look at the board and see what centers are open and then can kind of plan for themselves what art they want to experiment with that day or what art they want to work on that day. And then usually once every two weeks, 
I'll do like a demonstration for the class. Like this week we mm -hmm. did clay. So I showed them all how to use clay. I showed them different clay techniques, but then I let them build what they want with clay. Like if they want to make a vase, great. If they want to make a little animal out of clay, awesome. But they learned like the attachment methods all the same and yeah. like how to work with the actual material of clay. But then I let them kind of expand on what they want to make themselves. And I find that it keeps them interested and it keeps them wanting to create yeah. more art instead of me being like, everyone's going to make like a house out of clay and you have to make mm -hmm. a house and no exceptions. They would be like, I don't really want to make a house. Like I want to make yeah. a clay pizza. And I'm like, well, no, you have to make the house. So I just give them a lot of choice. Do you, did you find, cause that classroom concept sounds awesome. And I did study, I did um, study at college to be a teacher and they sort of outlined that as the Holy grail, basically what you said, it's structured learning. So you, you create the environment that fosters mm -hmm. learning rather than telling them what to do. But what I found was that the teachers would say that's ideal. And then a lot of them would do what you said, which is go in and not do that at all and tell them you doing this. And I don't yeah. care. I mean, in art, it seems a bit weird to me. No, you're not allowed to be creative. You've got to do the assignment. But do you, do you ever find when students, as they come into your classroom for the first time, and I'm assuming that not everyone teaches in the same style as you do, that they are a little bit lost at the beginning? It's almost like they've got more freedom than they're using. Like, I, I can do what I want. You mean, you're not, no, you're supposed to tell me what to do. Do you ever find yeah. that? Definitely. That is definitely common, especially this year. Last year, I taught in the same school district I'm in now, but I was at the elementary school. So when the fifth graders at the elementary school moved up to middle school this year, yeah. I moved up with them. So I still have okay. students that I had last year. Right. I have them again this year. And they're like, oh, Miss Jolly, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I wanted to come to middle school too. Um, but when they first came into the art classroom as sixth graders and I was giving them all these choices, they're like, what do you mean? Like, we're not going to do self-portraits yeah. like we did in fifth grade. Or, and I'm like, no, like you get to pick. And a lot of them were overwhelmed in the first week. So mm -hmm. then I, in order for me to keep it a little bit more structured and kind of be able to grade them on a certain criteria, I gave them a worksheet on the first week of school that allowed them to pick a theme. And I told them to try and keep it broad, like sports or nature mm -hmm. or anything that they're interested in. Like I told them that I would probably pick nature if I was going to do it. And I could yeah. do like art that has to do with the different seasons. I could do plants and flowers. I could do ocean animals and like all sorts of things. I could do the sky, like anything that is in nature, you can involve in your artwork. So then when you turn in your art at the end of the year, even though it's all of these different like drawing, painting, clay, sculpture, they are all centered on one theme yeah. so that it kind of gives the students an idea of like creating a plan and following through with it while still experimenting with different materials. So it kind of gives them more of like a guideline and they like under, they know that they need to create art about something that they chose themselves. So it's not like I'm picking anything for them. Yeah. So they're still interested, but they get to experiment with materials and experiment with how they want to go about pursuing the theme that they chose. So I felt like the letting them pick a theme kind of gave them more of like a an avenue to go down that kept them on track being like, I need to yeah. finish these assignments, like rather than just being like, 
go crazy, draw, paint, whatever. <laughs> and I keep, yeah. Yeah. What, because um, I, I used to work with kids. I was a tennis coach. And as I mentioned, I studied to be a teacher. Um, and I did love working with kids. I worked with the youngest ones, probably three, four, five, all the way up to 18 when they leave school. Have you ha had any favorite teacher moments? Because from my limited experience, you know, you have, and they may not have anything had directly to do with teaching, but you have moments where you feel oh, I've actually made a difference in a young person's life. Have you had any favorite teacher moments? Well, I definitely have a lot of students who really enjoy art and have kind of said what I have said about art in the past that like other art teachers they've had haven't really given them the freedom to do what they want to try to do in art. Mm. So they really respect me for letting them do what they want to do. But I feel like this year, especially some of these middle schoolers are like their talent is just blowing me away. Like it exceeds where I was at at their level for sure. And, but some of them are just like afraid to like be open about it, I guess. Or like, yeah. I don't know if they think they're going to be like bullied or if they think that like art's not cool, but I have some students that are just, out like outrageously talented um, in painting and sculpting in anything that they are trying in art. And I yeah. am blown away by some of their work. So um, after I had the Trash and Show, which we'll talk about in a little bit, um, yeah. some of my students were really interested in the concept and they want to, some of my eighth graders in the student council actually want to put on a Trash and Show at the wow. school and raise money to um, buy materials for the art program um, just to like add more money into our art budget which would definitely be helpful um, yeah. with the amount of kids I have because there's two art teachers at the school me and another teacher and we split the school basically down the middle we teach all three grades um, sixth seventh and eighth but we each have 350 students so mm. yeah it's a lot wow. it's um, five classes of each grade so one class a day for each um, or two for some of them. But um, it's just, it's a lot of students and it's a lot of materials that we go through that I didn't think I was going to yeah. go through as quickly as I am. <laughs> Luckily we are recycling a lot and now yeah. they want, they want to do this idea that I just did myself and they thought it was really cool. That's definitely a proud teacher moment for me. I feel like that's like a proud artist moment for me too. Just the fact that, these young kids think that it's so cool that they want to do it themselves. Did you um, have you ever seen that movie with Samuel L. Jackson, Coach Carter? I have heard of it. I haven't seen it. I don't want everyone to attack me for this. <laughs> no, no, no. But basically, he's a he's a basketball coach, and he goes into this school that's full of basically delinquents, and he takes on the basketball team, and they have no respect for anyone whatsoever bit of tough love and by the end they have to pass their exams in order to be allowed to compete because they're student mm -hmm. um they're, they're on a scholarship and he wins their respect and they they discover the value of hard work what your story to sum it up just reminded me of that because you mentioned that they really respect the fact that you know you've allowed them this freedom a directed freedom but a freedom and my first response to that was wow teenagers respect that doesn't happen very often. So that must be a really good feeling to earn teenagers respect. Yeah. And I, it was not immediate by any means. It, yeah. it, it took time. Um, a lot of them didn't take art seriously. 
maybe mm-hmm. because past art teachers they had, they didn't really click with and they didn't really find an interest in art before. But I think that just giving them the freedom to kind of play around with different yeah. materials and different ideas just keeps them more interested. And I just want to ask you one more thing about your thesis and then we'll get on to actually yeah. pageantry. Um, but is it true, I think it was in your thesis because I can't believe, I can't, I don't think I would have read this anywhere else, that you believe that your creativity or your desire to be a somewhat different stemmed from your mum painting your room, not in pink, which was a colour at the time, but primary colours, you said red, yellow, and blue. Am I remembering that story correctly? You sure are. My room looked very circus-esque. It was like very, like you didn't really know what you were walking into. Just lots of colors, but like you wouldn't walk into the room and be like, this is a baby girl's room. Like yeah, it, it was just very bright and lots of colors, lots of shapes. And I feel like that definitely stemmed it or at least got the gears turning where I started thinking in like more creative ways. Yeah. She's also an artist as well. And my grandmother was as well. So definitely in the bloodline, but. And then when did you decide to become a teacher? Because that wasn't always on the cards, was it? You always loved art, but I think it was in your undergrad degree that you decided, hang on, I actually want to teach this to other people. Yep. So I was very undecided in my undergrad degree. I've always known that I wanted to pursue something with art and I just didn't really know what that was going to be. And when I was getting my undergrad degree, I started with art and teaching, so an art education degree. And then I ended up dropping education and double majoring in art and criminology. And I- It was, I don't know. I would, I'd like to say it was a phase. I don't really, I can't really remember what I was thinking at the time. Um, my grandfather who, um, passed away when I was in college and essentially was like a father figure to me growing up was a cop when I was younger and was always in law enforcement. And I feel like at the time I was like, I'm, I'm doing this for Pepe. And I, I enjoyed my criminology degree. It was, it was great. I thought about maybe doing courtroom sketches, um, but oh, then, yeah, I found, yeah. Yeah. then I found out you need an anatomy degree. So my degree did oh. not qualify for that. Um, and I was not going back to school for anatomy. So yeah. I was in school in Florida for my undergrad and I ended up moving back to Rhode Island and was teaching preschool for a little bit because my degree allowed me to teach preschool. And while I was doing that, it obviously wasn't art. It was just normal preschool. Mm -hmm. I just, I liked being around kids, but I knew that I wanted a focus on art still. So that is why I went back for my master's just so I could have um, the state certification without having to like jump through any crazy hoops to get it. Yeah. I just, so got my master's degree in arts and education. So now I can do either art or criminology if I end up wanting to go back to that. It's so fascinating to me. People don't understand. Like I've interviewed probably 300 pageant queens and the most, the weirdest thing that I've noticed during that time is the one thing that pageant queens seem to be fascinated with is crime and (laughs) criminology. They love watching, you know, criminal minds and all those murder mystery things on Netflix or documentaries about Dharma and these serial killers. (laughs) So when you say that, I'm like, that's another one who's fascinated by crime. 
I mean, you have a reason. Your grandfather was a cop, but the others, yes. I, I slightly worry when pageant queens are all interested in all these serial killers and things like that. Um, but that that's fascinating to me. As I said, I've never done research on someone and had to read a thesis. So, but yeah. I really enjoyed it. I'm and glad I think to be the a, first. I, I think it's a fascinating topic. Um, and humor, like I, I love humor. I, I think, I don't know if this is a quintessentially Australian quality, but when you're having a tough time, sometimes the only thing you can really do is laugh at it. Yes. And I think the worst thing is someone who can't laugh at themselves. You know, they take themselves too seriously. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think that that's really, really interesting. Um, but Michaela, we should talk about pageantry <laughs> at least a little bit. So why don't we start with the easy question? Yes. You're Miss Idaho Earth USA at the moment, yes. but how did you get involved in pageantry to begin with? So when I was 18 was my first pageant I entered in, and it was Miss Rhode Island USA. And I totally went in blind, had never done a pageant before, um, never really even watched pageants, honestly. Right. I just had a friend who was doing it and was like, I feel like you'd really like this. And I was just like, all right. So I tried it out that year and it kind of just like got my toes in the water a little bit and got the feel of pageantry. And I ended up going back um, the next two years after that. And in 2015, I was Miss Rhode Island U.S. International. And that was the year my grandfather ended up passing away. So I right. did not go to nationals. Um, for um, I didn't go to U.S. International. Of course. But after that, I went to college and kind of took a break from pageantry for a little bit. Um, had some modeling gigs from pageantry um, in between, but nothing that serious. Yeah. And then um, in 2017, once I graduated with my undergrad, I was still in Florida and had a Florida res residency at the time. So I competed at Florida USA. Right. Um, but that year, there was a lot of um, stuff going on with like lawsuits of people of past contestants that, Good. I, right. yeah, that, that I also had no idea about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I went in kind of blind to that, but I just knew I wanted to try out pageants again, that I was like older mm. and kind of grew into myself a little bit more. And my biggest takeaway from that pageant, honestly, was my friendship with Cynthia, um, Miss Earth Cuba from last year. Oh yeah. Um, and that's where I met her. And we both ended up moving over to the Earth system like a few years after that. And without even talking about it either. And we both were title holders. Oh, wow the same okay. year and we were like hey like what are you doing here um and i feel like we both kind of found a more comfortable mm. like um community of pageant people that that we felt more comfortable with i know that i did at least and i just felt like the principles and what the earth system was like the message that they were trying to send out and what they're trying to promote was just more yeah. aligned with the life i live anyways so I, after I competed at Florida USA, got an email from the um, delegates director for Earth USA asking if I wanted to compete. So at that year it was COVID. So yeah. it was, so it was appointed. Um, and so I had the crown from Allie Curtis, who was Miss Rhode Island um, Earth before me and yeah. then was Miss Earth Eco. And I was, not really sure what I was going into again, just because each pageant I've done has been 
pretty different from the last. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Rhode Island being the smallest state and Florida being the giant pageant state that it is. I had no idea what I was getting into. There was like 200 of us competing. And I was like, this is not Rhode Island anymore. But <laughs> I um, went to nationals in January and I honestly left with 50 friends. And I have never been able to say that about any other yeah. pageant I've competed in. And it was just a totally new experience for me. I knew as soon as I was involved in the, like the system that even when I'm not competing, I would want to be involved as a director or with one of the nonprofits. Mm. It is just totally centered around everything that I kind of center my life around because yeah. I, even before the earth system came about in my life, I was still recycling through my own art and I was still being like eco-friendly and like earth conscious in like my own creating and my own like daily practices. Mm -hmm. So it kind of just fell into what I was doing already. So it felt comfortable. It was a really easy transition. Yeah. The directors were awesome. The girls were awesome. So it just really made pageantry a more comfortable experience for me. And when I ended up placing top 20 last year, I knew that if I was given the chance to compete again, I would take it without question. So that right. is why I am coming back again this year. <laughs> you said that it, it's a it's a good fit for you. And I think I've spoken to many women, particularly from the earth system, because obviously it's got a very obvious advocacy. Yeah. Um, in what ways did you feel like it fit in with your lifestyle? Because I remember reading somewhere else, I think this is you, forgive me if I got this wrong, but you've been vegetarian yeah. for the last 12 years. So go, yep, okay, going on 13, fit. December 1st is going to be 13 years, no meat, which wow, I salute is crazy. That. Yeah. I, I was vegan for about a year and that was, um, that was difficult. Um, but in what ways did it fit in with your lifestyle? And I ask this because I think it's really important in pageantry that people have a genuine advocacy. And when I say that, I mean, you actually live it day mm -hmm. to day. And you do it regardless of whether there was a pageant or whether you posted on social media. Because um, mm -hmm. it's really a big bugbear of mine that yeah. some people will basically fake an advocacy and say, oh, I'm doing this. Like, I've known you for 20 years. I've never seen you do anything with that. Yeah. But in what ways do, um, does the earth advocacy tie in with your already existing lifestyle? Well, obviously, as an artist and an art teacher, I've always been a big um, promoter of zero waste. I have a, a big poster in my classroom that is like, oh, did you make a mistake on your paper? You can glue paper over it. You can erase it. You can cut mm -hmm. it off just so that they're not throwing the paper away because they made one wrong mark on it and being like, I want yeah. any piece of paper. I That drives me insane. <laughs> <laughs> that That's my, my biggest pet peeve as an art teacher is seeing right. someone be like, oh, man, I messed up. And I'm like, you had the backside. You had the whole other paper. Like... And that just drives me crazy. So I've always been a big promoter of not wasting any art materials, mm. using it till it's down to whatever, like minuscule yeah. pencil I can pencil make. Pencil that's that yeah. long. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I had a student break a pencil in half out of frustration. And I was like, that is your pencil for the year, buddy. I was like, tape it together, turn it into two pencils if you need to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, we are not throwing that pencil away. So he's using it and it's um, it's just a lot. So obviously recycling, upcycling my clothes um, and sustainable fashion. Um, obviously Queenly is one of our sponsors. 
-hmm. But even before Queenly, I was a big thrifter going around to local thrift stores and even bringing my clothes like to local um, like donation centers like Plato's Closet and anywhere that will take clothes and know that it's going to be like a good secondhand use to someone else. I also like creating my own clothes out of old clothes that either aren't really that stylish anymore or if they don't fit right. me right anymore, turning like old skirts into dresses or tops or whatever I can kind of make them to make it something new, but still something old. And I just feel like that was always a part of my life and me as an artist and me as a person. So when the system gave me the opportunity to like promote it and raise awareness about it and go to different schools and talk about it and get students involved. And I've painted recycling murals since I got involved in this. I've traveled to like 16 different states in the last year wow. just to do environmental cleanups and meet with different nonprofits and different like organizations across the country, all because I competed for um, Miss Earth USA last year. And even with not winning the title, all of these doors still open for me to get involved in these organizations and still feel like I'm making an impact. Absolutely. How did that lead on to your trash and show? Which um, for the viewers, let me bring up the, uh, there was a video on Michaela's uh, Instagram. So talk us through what the viewers are seeing here. So this is now two weeks ago, I hosted a trash and show event where I had all of the girls who are walking here are either past or current pageant queens, a lot of them mm -hmm. in the earth system, in the misses, teen and miss divisions. And I made all of these outfits myself by hand wow. using materials that I've recycled, that my family has recycled or that were donated to me. Yeah. Um, that, so like the masks and like the medical gloves um, either had some type of recall or something where they weren't able to be used in hospitals or in doctor's offices because right. they weren't up to standard. So I had, we actually have a recycling center in Rhode Island, which is closed right now, but would normally have materials like this for teachers to use in their classrooms and stuff like that. Yeah. So I had all of these recycled materials and I actually came up with the idea in February, a month after competing in the pageant. And I wasn't 100% sure if I was going to compete again. Yeah. And when I decided to, I was like, I am absolutely going to go through with this idea for my Think Global Act Local project, which yeah. last year I did a recycling mural in a local elementary school. And I wanted to do something a little bit bigger this year, something that kind of tied in the community and something that showed my love for art and my love for recycling. So I tried to just tie it all in together. I also had um, vendors there who are all equal friendly. And one of the vendors who attended was the Clean Earth Project, which is one of our national sponsors, mm -hmm. um, which is actually based out of Rhode Island. Um, they have a storefront oh. um, in right. Rhode Island. So um, that was actually very convenient for them to come and meet some of the title holders who aren't from Rhode Island. Um, yeah. Like on the screen right now, it's Miss Connecticut. That's our former Miss Mass. Um, Miss U.S. Continental, Miss Teen R.I., Mrs. Massachusetts. Um, Changing quite our, quickly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> trying to keep up with it. Yeah. But um, 
Yep. So, and then Allie Curtis in the blue right here, our former Miss Rhode Island, former Miss Earth Eco. Um, so I just had a really good time making these and I wasn't really sure how I was going to go about actually building a fundraiser off of it and getting yeah. people interested in coming. So I had it in local papers. I had it advertised um, just locally around town and obviously told all of the girls who were walking the show to mm. spread the word as well. Um, we had a pretty good turnout and raised a lot of money. All the proceeds are going to Beauties for a Cause, which is yep. um, a nonprofit organization that supports environmental preservation and um, like advoc advocacy. And yeah. that um, that nonprofit organization um, hosted a mission trip in San Diego last year that I went on with a few of the Earth delegates. And I also did a cleanup with them in Florida and a few cleanups yeah. in Rhode Island. So it's just a nice tie-in to me as an artist, me as a pageant queen, and me as an earth advocate. So Hello. I kind of just liked how I had a taste of who I am like in all of these different realms. How long roughly did it take you to put all these, um, all, all these outfits together? I hesitate to ask. Ah, God, um, too long. Um, <laughs> probably... I think I started early August and it's November. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So a good few months. Yes. Um, and the show was on the 30th and I finished the night before the show. I had everything pretty much finished and ready to go. And I really wanted my goal for this, even before I had a venue or anything, I wanted a transition piece. I wanted, which is what you just saw on the screen, which was the last um, piece in the show. I wanted one of the dresses that you pull something or untie something and it turns into something ah, else. Ah, right. Yeah. But I wanted to do it with the recycled materials I had. And on my last night, I had all of the outfits lined up in my garage in the order I wanted them to go out in. Yeah. And I kind of was just like, I was, I had so much, so like, trash and newspapers and water bottles and plates that I hadn't used. And I was like, I still have so much stuff and I can't believe this is tomorrow. And I cut open two black hefty trash bags that I had and just taped all of the trash to the inside and had it folded up and pinned yeah. to her shoulders so that when she walked out um, right there, it kind of comes down and it's a little bit longer in the back for a train. Yeah, And that was my big show-stopping <laughs> transition piece. But she loved wearing it, and I think she wore it well. She is over six feet tall, so I was like, you are getting oh, wow. in this. Okay. And yeah. I was like, and you're going to rock it and make trash look beautiful. And I think she did a great job. I think all of the girls did a great job. Um, some of the people who were just there to watch the show afterwards came up to me, and along with saying that they were impressed by the outfits, they were like, all of the girls came out with such like fierceness and they knew exactly what they yeah. were doing. And it was like, uh, like an actual like fashion week. And I was like, that is exactly why I chose pageant girls. They know how to walk in the heels. They know the turns, they yeah. know the quick changes backstage. So it definitely worked out really well. Um, it was really cool. I love watching this video. Um, and the morning of, I, obviously had to make all the outfits 
either like a little bit bigger or kind of able to mm. be molded onto some of the girls because some of them I didn't even meet until the morning of. So I, yeah. I had some of them send me their measurements just so I knew like their height and just like yeah. some, I could like base it around it. But like I obviously started the show in this piece that I was just wearing right there, which is a bunch of denim scraps from all the other pieces I made. I took all right. the scraps okay. and made it into a skirt. And then the corset that is kind of around my neck is a shoe cut in half. Oh my and, God. <laughs> and laced up around my neck and then sewn into the jeans. And that's wow. all hand sewed. Um, but so <laughs> that, that was my outfit that I wore. I started the show on that. And then I did not come back out onto the stage until the very end because I was literally ripping the outfits off of the girls backstage and you were busy like, backstage and, yeah and taping them into whatever they were going into next and <laughs> it was it was really fun and it was really funny because i had a lot of girls who were getting out of things quickly and if it was like newspaper or something you'd hear like a little tiny rip and they'd be like oh my god i'm so sorry and i'd be like it's literally trash like it's newspaper okay. like, it's, it's garbage like just rip it off and put the next thing on <laughs> And they'd be like, what? are you sure? And I'm like, just take it off. Well, but. I mean, it's good that they're treating the outfits with some respect. Um, so why, why don't I get you to, because I don't want to gloss over how much work has gone into this. So you've talked us through um, your outfit. Why don't we go through the video and you can talk us through. I love this one because yeah, it's popcorn. This was a great one. When, they, when she came out, the whole crowd was laughing and clapping for her. Yeah. Um, so the neck piece is threaded post-it notes. Um, wow. I just crumbled them up and threaded them. Yeah. Um, the Obviously, the corset is um, popcorn bags that were given to me by a friend who works at a movie theater. And right. I like fake laminated them with um, just scotch tape so that they wouldn't rip as easily. And yeah. then I corseted the back of them with um, a ribbon and then yeah. made like a tulle underskirt for underneath. Wow. So that was pretty much that one. Their tool was recycled. I'm pretty sure it was from like a gift basket. This is a party tablecloth, like a plastic party tablecloth um, from, I think, probably Party City or something. I mm. had it, I think we used it for like a yard sale. And I had it in my garage and I cut it in half and made half of it a cape and half of it a skirt and literally taped the skirt onto her as she put it on. So it wasn't like there was any waistline on the skirt. Um, and then I taped um, pieces of cut up water bottle to the bottom of the cake yeah. just to give it a little bit of texture for to catch light when she was playing with the cape. Wow. And she did a great job with the cape too. She really worked it. And well, we all the, love the cape. Yeah. And the piece on her chest is all cardboard. That was a UPS box that I cut up and corseted in the back again and um, spray painted. Um, just like cut up cardboard in the front to kind of give it like a, a wave effect or kind of yeah. like water. You do realize, Michaela, that most people, when they say they design their own costume, is one, one costume, not costumes for an entire fashion show. You, you, you're doing this wrong. <laughs> I know. A lot of people have said that to me. They're like, you had no help backstage. You had like, why was yeah. no one? And I, if, if and when I do this again, because... Um, a lot of people at the show and a lot of nonprofit um, 
workers or nonprofit volunteers who attended mm. the show for different nonprofits actually want me to put on the show again to try and yeah. raise money for their nonprofits, which yeah. would be amazing. So I did keep the salvageable outfits from this, but next time maybe I'll invite more artists. Get some help. Yeah, maybe yeah. get some. Maybe get your students kids. involved. Yes, that that will definitely be cool if I do it with my students as well. This dress is um, braided trash bags, um, like hefty wow. bags. I just cut them up into um, like strips, like yeah. little strips, and tied them into threes, and then braided them all. And then um, the inside is just taped again. And then in the back, I I sewed in snaps. So I could actually snap it onto her. Um, I don't think I got it, or maybe later in the show, later in the video, I have it turning around. But yeah. the back is just snaps, and the straps are also braided trash bags. And it was a little bit short, so underneath I just added another trash bag just so it like went down to her knees and wasn't completely see through. <laughs> yep. These are the recycled gloves that were donated to me. This is two hundred gloves, hand sewn into recycled fabric and the top wow. is an elastic band so that i could essentially get this dress over any girl who wanted to wear it or any yeah. girl who was short enough where it wasn't too short on them and uh, this is miss um teen rhode island earth this year competing for miss earth um teen usa and she wore this she wore um an upcycled number and she wore the popcorn outfit and at first she was only wearing this in the upcycled outfit and yeah. her and her mom were backstage and she came up to me and at first she seemed a little bit shy, but she opened up completely by the end of the day, totally yeah. worked it on the runway. And she came up to me and was like, do you mind if I try on the popcorn outfit? And I was like, please, yeah. like, please try on the popcorn outfit. And it looked great on her. And I don't think it would have fit anyone else as great as it fit her. So she really rocked both of those outfits. In my opinion. Absolutely. The <laughs> outfit that I would want to wear is a popcorn one that immediately caught my eye. Yeah. Um, this is the remainder of the scraps of the braided trash bags I had from the other one. And I um, kind of braided them into like recycled fabric, which is just mm. tied around her back and keeping that on. And then underneath it is just a trash bag with the bottom cut off. And you can see like the yellow pull straps. Yeah is just like the pull That's handles cool. on the trash bag That's and cool. <laughs> that was that was that was a quick one that was like me using what i already recycled and having scraps from that and like recycling it again into something else i tried oh. to have no waste from this um runway show and then that's but, you so yep. the denim pieces yes all the different scraps from all the different outfits that i made with denim so this outfit i actually made my freshman year undergrad and this was my halloween costume and had no intention of doing a trash and show at that point in time but yeah. this was all recycled paper that i designed this butterfly logo and um printed it out onto and, and cut it out all myself and um some of the pieces are like the top butterflies are kind of 3d and off the dress yeah. and the bottom butterflies are just like glued onto the dress because I was like 18 years old making this in my dorm room. So hot glue was my go-to. Yeah. And I was Effie from Hunger Games. 
Um, and I had I had the gloves on and right. the, the blonde bob. Yeah. And when I found out that Brielle was um, doing Save the Monarchs as her nonprofit for Miss Earth this year, I remembered that I had this outfit. And this is actually the only girl who walked in the show who is not a pageant queen yet. And I use yet very strongly yet. because I yeah. am going to convince her. Yes, I'm going to persuade her. Yes, lead her down the avenue. <laughs> <laughs> and this is one of my mom's friend's granddaughters who came to the show just to watch the show. And we had a then few. Then ended up in the show. Yes. We had a right. few girls drop out at the last second for family yeah. matters and just couldn't make it for various reasons. So I had a few extra outfits and I didn't even know that she was coming. And when I saw her sitting there, I was like, oh my God, you will fit in all of these. Come with me and you're in the show now. Come with me. And she was like, I only have Nikes. So I threw her in my Chinese laundry, six inch heels, which she she did great. And she's in like seventh grade, I think. Very young. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah did great. Um, no stage fright whatsoever. Walked out there and just real. She really served on the runway. I was like, look at her straight face and just very model esque behavior. And I, I think you might have uh, discovered someone here. Yep, Michaela. So, you... Yep. When I'm a state director, <laughs> I'm gonna bring her yeah. right up. <laughs> so absolutely. I was very excited about that. Um, this is Mrs. Massachusetts Earth this year, um, and she is wearing all of the pockets from all of the recycled denim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, I think there's like eight or nine pockets on this from various jackets yeah. and jeans. And originally when I was making this, I was like, I could totally use this in the classroom, like as an art teacher. Like I was going to say, the one thing that really bugged me about clothes is they don't have pockets. This, <laughs> this is my ultimate dream piece. It's all pockets. Yes, so enough pockets to hold keys, wallet, phone, yeah. not at all. Everything so else. I just sewed it all and it is just um, buttoned in the back. Um, I actually had a ton of extra fabric on this one because I didn't know who I was going to put it on or how mm -hmm. tall or how short they were going to be. So I, this is the only one that I pinned and sewed backstage um, right. before she came out. But she had fun in this one too. And again, her personality really worked um to dress really well she came out and her hands were in the lower pockets and then uh -huh. she kind of paused in the middle of the runway and was like uh-oh and like put her hands in the higher pockets and everyone got a kick out of that so that was really fun. but that was definitely a fun outfit that i had fun making and this was another outfit that i had fun making the top is i believe it was nine recycled neckties that i wow. sewed together it was three on each side to make kind of like a halter top yeah. and then two that go around the back and tie in the back to keep it together um and that was all hand sewed and tied in the back and then the skirt is like two legs of jeans that i just cut open and sewed together to make just one big skirt and then I cut the belt loops off the top of the skirt and sewed them up the back of the skirt to make kind of like a corset again and used a recycled tie to tie that up in the back. 
So that was That's another it. skirt that could be like adjustable depending on who it was going to be on. I think you might have missed your calling as a fashion designer here, Michaela. Yeah, if Project Runway is watching this, I am. Oh yeah, avail I'm available. Christian Siriano, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this is another trash bag dress. So the dress is just a, a trash bag with the yellow straps again, holding it up. And the neck piece is actually an embroidery hoop that I oh, wow. tied trash bags on and then yep. put around her neck and hooked in the front and like actually yep. latched it together. And this was just, I didn't really know what this was going to be until I put it on her backstage. It was kind of just a bunch of extra stuff that I made that I knew I wanted to put on someone, but I didn't really know how I was going to have them wear it. And she had a lot of fun with this too, kind of playing with the trash bags and throwing them as she was walking, which was cool. But that was one of, I think that was the last trash bag dress I had. Um, this whole outfit is recycled denim and recycled oh, face wow. masks. So the top of the jacket that um, this is Olivia um, from last year, Miss Mass Earth. Um, mm -hmm. And the um, jacket was the top of a jean jacket with the sleeves and the bottom cut off. And then I sewed, I think it was like five or six rows of masks into the bottom just to kind of fill out the jacket. So it was kind of like, kind of like a cape, but not really. Yeah. And then I wasn't really sure if I was going to have the jacket worn alone or if I was going to make something to go underneath it. So I took the rest of the masks that I had and um, I cut the buttons and the belt loops off of a pair of shorts that I had and sewed the masks into that for the skirt so she could kind of just put it on and button it up. And mm. then the top masks are just whatever I had left over, kind of a strapless piece, and then I just buttoned it in the back. I added buttons in. And I feel like she wore this like it wasn't a bunch of masks like she really yeah. um even like people who were in the crowd were like she took the jacket off and was working it without the jacket and then she put it back on and it was cool that the whole outfit was kind of cohesive with denim and masks because i didn't really yeah. i was trying to keep things i was originally trying to keep things separated from recycled objects that i had and upcycled objects that i had but then it ended up kind of being intertwined somewhere along the way. So yeah. I just kind of mixing it all together ended up working out better in my favor because I really like this outfit. Oh, it's the best, best looking surgical masks I've seen I've ever seen. So yeah. you've done well there. It's like a COVID prom attire. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this was originally just the top piece that she's wearing, which was comic strips that I saved and fake laminated with scotch tape again and corseted in the back with a piece of yarn. Um, and then I didn't really know what I wanted to do for the bottom. So I used all the tissue paper or a colored tissue paper that I had from gifts that I've received in the past. I just have a big bin in my basement of all gift bags, wrapping paper. Right. So I took all of the colored kind of colors that were found in the comics. So it kind of looked like it was still like cohesive and Obviously, that was completely see-through. So then I added a newspaper skirt underneath that as well just to cover up anything that was underneath. And I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure I ended up stapling this right onto her <laughs> when she put it on. It was either wow. stapled on or, or taped on, but it was, the, it was secure at the last minute. 
And the headband is just a recycled headband that I had that I fanned um, extra newspaper that I had on too. Wow. So this one, even though it doesn't look as fun as some of the other ones, this was one of the more fun ones that I made. Um, right. The dress underneath is actually an elementary science classroom tapestry. And like the inside of that is like all the planets and the opposite side was like the solar systems with all of like the astrology constellations. So I flipped it to the astrology side and sewed a zipper into the back. And then, so that's just a strapless dress underneath. Oh. And then the yeah. top piece was a cardboard box that I kind of tried to build like football shoulder pads using the, t using like yeah. the from the box. And then any, I have a 3D construction center in my classroom. So any like minuscule scraps that my students used from whatever cardboard they had left over, I cut into kind of like a little scale shape and glued yeah. individually onto the box and then spray oh, painted right. it. Okay. So the whole top piece is just spray painted cardboard. But I that was a fun one. Never would have guessed that was a tapestry. I, I thought that was just a, a normal dress. A lot of people did. And that, even though I really liked how this looked, I almost yeah. wish that I did it in a way that the tapestry opened to the other side as well so that they knew it was a tapestry. So maybe in the next show, I'll, I'll undo the zipper and have the solar system showing on the next one. But wow. the other side was really cool. This one was also a really fun one. And I actually had some students help me with this one during um, okay. like free periods in class and stuff. So yeah. this dress is all masking tape. Um, a teacher at my school had a box of masking tape that yeah. had been like damaged by like water or something and right. like what and wasn't sticking <laughs> quite like it should be. So they asked the two art teachers if like we could do anything with it. So I told them that I would take it and I laid out the pieces of like non-sticky masking tape and put um, clear scotch tape over it and kind of just made like strips of like masking tape material that I just kept attaching together. And then I added like kind of a corset again because I found that to just be the easiest way to have like adjustable yeah. things that would fit multiple sizes and different heights and weights and everything. Um, and I wanted like different girls to be able to try on different outfits that interested them, like the popcorn one or the glove yeah. one. So I had this tied up in the back with a, I'm pretty sure a green or a purple ribbon or something. And then um, the lower part is stapled onto her, which I did that like right as she put the dress on, I stapled the neck piece around her neck and I stapled the back of the dress together. And that was just all tape. Still blown away by the fact that that's masking tape. I never, I never would have guessed that in a million years. Yeah, and this is one we've seen before, isn't it? Yes, that was the yeah. one from earlier. And then I this, don't think we've seen this one. We have not. So um, the front and the top of this is actually a pair of khaki pants that I cut the legs off of and oh, yeah. and wow. used as kind of like a like a strapless top or like a halter yeah. top almost. And then um, the shirt that kind of looks like knockoff Burberry is from a thrift shop. I got it for like $3 and I had it in my basement and I was like, this would be perfect. 
So I cut the bottom of the shirt off and I cut the sleeves off and sewed it in like kind of like off sleeves and then made the shirt a skirt and also used the extra material as a belt and as the ribbon that tied around the top of the halter top that kept it around your neck. And, and then this our, is the final. Yep. Let's go. Let's go back. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> And Sorry. this was all the leftovers. This was everything the night before that I was stressed about not using, that I was like, I need to recycle all of this. This needs to make it onto the runway. So I ended up just doing this last minute and I feel like it definitely was a show-stopping piece at the end of the show. Well, that's um, that's a hell of a way to, to, to wrap up. I mean, I can't believe you did so much work. Did you actually get to enjoy any of this because from the sounds of it you walked out at the beginning and then after that you were always behind stage stapling so and I, masking and sewing i did not see any of the show until i saw a video afterwards and yeah. i actually had a pretty big panic after the show because at the end of the runway i had um, a ring light set up with a phone recording or what yeah. i thought was recording and it was not and it wasn't and it, and it wasn't <laughs> So after the show, I was like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see it since everyone else got to see it. Oh, and, no. and I was like, where, where is it? And they're like, oh, go, go to the pictures. And I was like, it, there's nothing there's nothing there from today. And luckily, one of my friends who was just sitting at the end of the runway in the audience recorded all of this and recorded the whole show from oh, start wow. to finish. So I was very, very, very thankful for her. Mm. Um, my And a lot of my friends were like, like, we definitely have like a ton of pictures and stuff that you can use. Like, because I told them I was doing this for my Think Global Act Local project this year. And um, I was like, the pictures are great for the project, but I really wanted to see the show myself. Of course, and yeah. It was unfortunate that I put on all that work and I wasn't able to see it, but luckily I was able to see it afterwards, which was super cool. And yeah, it would have been terrible if you'd done all the work and oh God, you thought like, you were going to see it. And then put you... the trash back on. We're doing it again. <laughs> Do it again. Do it again. I need to see. Oh, well. I mean, that that's an amazing um, idea, but also an amazing amount of work that you put in. So um, well done. I mean, you must be super proud of that. Um, I, I can't also believe found you put so many people. outfits together. Yeah, that was that was one of the things that shocked a lot of people that I made all of these outfits myself. Mm. And another thing that shocked people was that um, just like what it was, because I advertised it as a trash and show, which I mean, people could maybe put it together just because I had like trash, like fashion stuff on the flyer that I made up. But a lot of the people who attended the show were like, I had no idea what I was getting into. Like, this is amazing. You need to do this again. And like you need to advertise it with the pictures from this one so that mm -hmm. people know exactly like what they're coming to see and like the work that's going into it and like what exactly it is. Because a lot of people didn't think that it was going to be like a whole runway deal. Also, yeah. the, the runway is completely recycled as well. I was going to uh, say. Yes, the runway and the curtains. My mom's friend, Judy, um, very close family friend of ours, who was also a eco-friendly art vendor at the event she was selling um homemade cards and embroidered blankets and stuff that she does like that um she helped us out by making the curtains out of like recycled tarps and trash bags and the runway was all recycled tarp that was just taped down 
and it really came together on the day of the show. I had no idea what I was really walking into that morning, especially having not met like five or six of the girls beforehand and just having them walk in and be like, Hey, I'm Michaela. Can you put on this trash bag for me? And I'll be right back. Can you wear this trash bag and can I staple you? (laughs) Come here, let me staple it to you. So um, we all got really close by the end of the day. Um, But also by the end, they were all like, we want to do this again. So if you do this again, we are definitely walking in it. Like we want priority because we were in the first one. And I'm like, of course, I definitely will have you all back again. So hopefully if I do it again. girls lining up to wear trash for you. That's when yep. you know you've done something right. I, I yeah. think it's a really good sign when people, I mean, you seem to have had a lot of interest in it. And I think that's so important with an advocacy. It's like rather than making people do something once a year and they never want to do it again, yeah. if you can actually get their interest, and look, this is full circle, this is a creativity, isn't it? Getting them interested in doing something like this with you it can um, can really be a springboard onto yeah. other, other things. It sounds like this could be the beginning of something big. Hopefully. And I was, um, my mom actually asked me the other day after this, um, because I didn't want to throw anything away afterwards, obviously, because (laughs) I was like, hello, I just put three months of work into this. We are saving everything and wearing it again. Halloween costumes for the rest of my life. Of course. And um, she was asking me if I were to win the title of Miss Earth USA, if I would try and do anything with this and i told her absolutely hopefully if i were to have a national title this could be something that i could take maybe to like each state or at least across to different states on the other side of the country and Mm -hmm. have different fundraisers for different nonprofits, or even stick with beauties for a cause if they wanted to partner up and do this across different states that would totally be something i would be interested in as well but just the fact that all the pageant girls were super into it. The eco-friendly vendors were very into being a part of it. And yeah. now I have my students who just saw this short video that I had on my social media and they are so interested in it and think it's so cool that their teacher is doing this on the weekends. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, we want to wear trash bags. Like we want, we want to do, we want to do this. <laughs> so that's also a really cool um, thing that I didn't really expect to come from this, but now can yeah. turn into something bigger where it's I'm doing this with pageant girls, but I'm also doing this with students around the country too. So that could also be something that I would definitely be interested in. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and I think the idea of taking it national, I think it's really interesting. There's so many opportunities because you could have something that's a bit local to each state because mm-hmm. each state has its own environmental issues. And then even look, if you think big picture internationally, every country has its own environmental issues. So to be able to have, I don't know, some sort of like a national costume themed like this, that that would be amazing. Wow. But, that, would, um, that would actually, that's probably the first time I've thought about this. So when you just said well, national absolutely costume. i mean the international and, competition is going on and everyone's got their fauna costume and their yeah, national costume that would if be you combine amazing. that with this yeah that that would be i can see a lot a lot of press being interested in that and then the sky's the limit yeah but, um that would i still be can't really believe beautiful. that some of this is trash i mean god yeah. i wish i could, <laughs> I, I wish i was a bit more creative in the art field and i also wish that i knew how to sew but uh that was another uh, thing I was thinking too. Like, how cool would it be if this was like a portion of the Earth competition? Like, make make one of your outfits yeah. it has to be recycled trash. But obviously, 
people coming not from an art background, like lawyers and yeah. stuff, they, they might be like, what do you mean make my own outfit? But well, I, I mean, to each to each our own, right? And we do yeah. have like um, eco costume nights at some pageants, but very often if it's girls who don't have the time or the knowledge, and look, I respect that, they will get like, a, let's say from a thrift store or something like that, something that's been mm-hmm. recycled or upcycled, which I understand. But this, because you have the skill, um, and the time, obviously, to do that, to invest in it, this is this is next level, and this is really eye catching. So, and it was an, wow. a really cool way to raise money for the nonprofit and to raise funds for towards my fundraising goal for competing this year. So that Absolutely. would instead of just being like, "Hey, like I'm competing again, can you give me money? To, yeah, please give me. I'm your competing money. again. Give me yeah. money. Here's yeah, my GoFundMe. Yes." Instead of doing something like that, I wanted to do it where I was providing them with something to some type of show, um, services. We had like refreshments and food. We had raffled off baskets. And um, again, like the different vendors, we had like four or five different vendors that um, while they were waiting for the show to start, they could kind of shop around at. Yeah. So it, it all really came together nicely. And I would definitely plan on doing it again. Well, I think it's a perfect fit for the Earth system. I'd love to see something like this at the Earth USA system or indeed the Earth International because it really puts your money where your mouth is. It brings awareness to the cause, but in a really fun way. Mm-hmm. You know, so often we're lectured as you should do this. It's almost like guilt-based. Like, you should do this. You should know this. But this is, you obviously got a lot of attention and, and it was in a fun way. And the girls enjoyed it. They're lining yeah. up to wear trash bags for you next time. You get your students involved. So we're getting the younger generation involved. So it's And uh, it goes back to kind of like the interdisciplinary art teaching that exactly. I was talking about in the beginning where it's like I'm incorporating recycling and I'm incorporating like living an eco-friendly lifestyle into my teaching and into my art practices and yeah. like inspiring my students to do the same. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, Michaela, we've been on for a minute. It's been a fascinating minute. Um, Just before we get to the end, is there anyone that you'd like to give a shout out to for supporting your journey? My parents, most importantly, for allowing me to do pageants in the first place to get me to this point. And also my mom for introducing me to art and the primary colors Mm -hmm. in my room. (laughs) Um, And just the girls who walked in the show, my pageant sisters from the Earth System and the directors who got me involved in it in the first place. I'm just excited for what's to come next. Absolutely. When When is the um, competition? Is it in January next year? Yep. So I fly to Orlando on New Year's Day. Um, on oh, wow. January 1st. Yep. Starting right New Year pageant time. So wow. right on New Year's Day, I fly down. And then that whole week is um, different various competitions and like the gala night and prelims. And then we have finals on that Saturday, the 7th or 8th. Wow. So that New Year's Eve celebrations might be slightly hampered by that, but you got to do what you got to do. I might miss the ball drop that night, but it'll be okay. Yeah. Um, Well, we'll wrap up with the final 10 questions. And um, we've been on for a minute, so you don't have to give a very long explanation okay. for each one because I can feel my voice going and I think I can hear yours going. Yeah, I have talked a few times. <laughs> yeah, so just 10 random questions to finish with. Number one, what's your favorite word? Oh, I was not expecting that. Um, this is oh like the equivalent of your 30 blank circles. 
this, this um, is your chance to be creative with words. What's your favorite? Word? I will say, um, create is my favorite word because you can create, create anything. Yeah. Number two, what's your least favorite word? Um, can't. That's a common one. Yeah. Uh, number three in life, what gets you excited or what turns you on? Um, art, obviously, um, expressing myself through my art and sharing my art with the people around me. And or what making turns a positive you off? impact with my what art. What turns you um, off? Turns me off. Um, people who give up before trying every possible route or mm -hmm. um, every outlet they can do beforehand, like with students just being like, oh, I can't do this. It's like, well, did you try it this way? Did you try it this way? And just trying all the options before calling quits. Yeah, I remember hearing that refrain from many a student and it always annoyed me as well. Number five, what sound or noise do you love? Um, my coffee brewing in the morning. I'm with you on that one. Number six, what sound or noise do you hate? Someone chewing with their mouth open with you on that one as well. <laughs> um, number seven, if you could have any one superpower, what would you pick and why? Oh, I go back and forth on this one a lot. It's either going to be fly or teleport, which are essentially could be the same thing, but I feel like teleport might be faster. Flying might be a little bit cooler. Yeah. So it's definitely between the two. Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well. And I have the same... Hard time making that decision because teleport is instant, but flying is just cool. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, question eight, what job other than your own would you most like to attempt? Maybe a courtroom artist, maybe uh, doing drawings in a courtroom. If I get that anatomy degree. <laughs> in your spare time, I just yep, happen to get all, a degree. In, in all my extra time, you have to go back to school for anatomy. Oh, dear me. Uh, question nine, uh, what job would you definitely not like to attempt? Um, a call center. Because I feel like I, I like being with people and being out and interacting yeah. and being hands-on. And I feel like that would be very lonely. Well, I also feel that if you value creativity, call center would be the death of you because yes. you literally have to say what's on the screen and you can't deviate and be creative there or you get the same. Yeah. Um, final question, number 10. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I would like God to say that my Pepe is waiting for me on the inside and I would have a nice day spent with him. Perfect. Well, Michaela, it's been a blast. It's been a long blast, but um, I certainly, as I said, I've never read someone's thesis as research for an interview. And yeah. then that um, the Trash and Show of yours was absolutely amazing. So it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I've had a pleasure as well. Uh, and I'll keep you on the line for just a second whilst I hang up with the audience. Ralph here has said, Ralph has been watching, by the yeah. way. Great show. Thank you, Ralph. As, as always, Adrian. Catch you both next time. Um, so I'll keep you on the line whilst I hang out with the audience. Thanks for watching, and we will speak to you next time. Bye-bye for now. Hey, thanks so much for watching. Sorority Access is now open. So if you'd like to join an amazing group of women and learn how to be the most powerful, confident, and impactful queen possible, head to the pageantsorority.com. I'll see you there and see you in the next video.